0: Say in England, telly, he wanted to watch, these two kids wanted to watch television all the time, that she threatened to send it back to the store. Can you imagine what that would mean to the average walking around little slob today? We're going to send it back to the store. So, when two men came to the Colson home Tuesday, nobody's home but they have two kids, and said they wanted the set, the boy said, okay, Take it. I was stunned, said Mrs. Colson when she reported the theft to the police. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somebody grabbed the set. (laughs) Hooray for them kids. Yeah, they knew where it was. All that. Right. sick it out, gang. Oh, the pair missed the train. Oh, the pair missed the train. Oh, the pair missed, oh, missed the train and now he's walking. Walking by, and now he's walking near. Oh, he's drinking a glass of beer. Yeah. Oh, the bear missed the train. Oh, the bear missed train. And now he's walking. Oh, of consummate taste. Oh, the bear Mister train. Hey, you know, that's, uh... Guy, speaking of, of uh, great kids, uh, I have to salute another great kid. You know, it's a salute great kids night here tonight. Uh, <laughs> a great kid in West Hurley, New York. And I might add, this kid, well, I'll just read you the piece in case you didn't see it. You should know this, this is the real news that's happening. This is from A.P. West Hurley, New York. A three-hour chase ended early Wednesday when an exhausted 12-year-old boy pulled the third school bus he had stolen in a night off to the side of the road, state police said. Well, it's one of them rare cases of a 12-year-old really knowing how to drive a school bus, one trooper remarked. Uh, they said he didn't miss a gear all night. He kept shifting up and down the hills. He's great, drive that bus. The chase began shortly before 1 a.m., after a resident of this hamlet, West Hurley, New York, in upstate New York, reported seeing a school bus pass her home several times late at night. You don't see that often, right? Troopers said the boy, who was not identified, had taken school buses for rides in the past. This time, they said, he stole a bus from a nearby high school, traded it for another at a bus firm's garage, then drove that one back to the high school where he acquired a third vehicle good, that kid. The police (laughs) were led on a 45-mile chase through various state and county roads before he just apparently pulled off to the side of the road. Well, apparently he just got tired, a trooper said. When that we got to the bus, he was asleep. He just, you know... He <laughs> asleep there over the wheel. <laughs> now, I'll tell you this. I'm going to, uh, you know, I read this, see, and my first, my first, uh, you know, my first, uh, in, you know, the first uh, instinct I had was to say, oh, you know, great, great. But, uh, you know, just this, gloomy, see. But what happened to me after I put that piece down, it bothered me, you see, and I picked it up and read it again. There was something about that piece. You know, that little news note, the kid stealing the school bus, that went deeper than just the kids stealing the school bus. I kept thinking about it, see. Why is this? Why is this bugging me? Why do I feel a sense of vague pleasure? The idea of a kid driving three school buses at 1 o'clock in the morning up and down the roads. I should uh, deplore that. You know, being official, being grown up, I should say, oh, that's, yeah. thinking about this, and then it hit me. By God, I have always had an ambition to drive a bus. I concede I have always wanted to sit at the wheel of one of them big things. Just, you know, I don't want to be a bus driver, but they, just to drive a bus once. A big one. I mean, I'm talking about one, you know, about 75 seats behind it with one of those things that you grab a hold of and you pull and the the door opens. (laughs) And you push it, the door closes. With a big wheel. You know, they have big, these great big flat steering wheels. Yeah. And I said, you know, that's the thing that got me about that. This kid did what I've always secretly wanted to do. That kid went out and did it. Now, it's quite obvious he wasn't stealing school buses to sell. not easy for a 12-year-old kid, you know, to palm off a hot school bus. And uh, on the other hand, he didn't wreck the school buses. He knew what he was doing. That kid was good at it. I mean, he was downshifting and everything. You know, you, you, you don't just get in a school bus and tromp on the You know, this is not like driving, a, <laughs> you know, your average Pinto. You don't just get in and tromp on that baby in the head and she goes. No way! Because the trooper says, you know, that guy used the right gears up and down all the time and we couldn't get him. And then he was shifting up and down. He was going in and out. And, you know, if any of you have driven any heavy vehicles, you know, the the downshifting scene and all that church. That's not something that everybody knows how to do. In fact, a lot of grown up drivers sitting out there right now listening to me don't know what the word downshift means even. And I'm sure that many of them have no idea of what the word double clutch means. To double clutch a vehicle. Well, that's what that kid had to be doing. That's right. And obviously he did not have he did not have an automatic transmission in that thing, or else that trooper would not have mentioned the fact that he went through all the gears all the time just right. That meant he was double clutching. Oh. oh. And you know what double clutching is, George? Sure you do. Anybody's driven any heavy uh, military vehicles knows what that is. And I have to, you know, I have to concede that kid really pulled off a caper. That kid's got a, he's got a future, that one. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> I, 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 I uh, at the age of 12, I'm not sure I knew what double clutching was. In fact, to be perfectly honest with you, I, I didn't. I know I didn't. Although I'll tell you this, at the age of 12, I knew damn well how to drive a four-speed forward and two-speed in the reverse vehicle. And I'll tell you how it happened with me, and, and how I how I got involved in this. I got this Saturday job when I was about I was about ten or twelve, twelve I roughly twelve. And I had a Saturday job, and I worked with another guy. And, and this guy was older, and you know, he was about sixteen something years old. And he drove a delivery truck for the grocery store for Ashen which was down at the corner. And every Saturday, I would get down there about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I would help him do this thing. And what he would do is that they would make their big delivery. You know, all this, the truck would be loaded up. They had this panel truck. The truck would be loaded up right to the top. I mean, there was celery and these big cardboard boxes full of uh, Scott tissues and all that. You know, a grocery orders. see? And he would drive around from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. The store closed about 6 on Saturday and make these deliveries, Right. Now, my job, my job was to help them carry the box in, yeah, you know, so that's all I did. You know, I'd sit there on the side there, and he'd say, all right, what's going on? we drive off, and he says, what's that? And I had, oh, yeah, another thing I had, I had this, he had this this yellow tablet that uh, Oshenschlager had, you know, all of, all the addresses where we was to go, see? And he'd say, all right, the person I'm right going over on that Kennedy Avenue, 6922 Kebney, uh, come on, let's go. And we drive, you know, let's sit there. Looking out, and then you'd smell the celery in the truck, you know, and you'd smell all the, all the stuff. you smell all the groceries. See. And then we'd pull up. Wah! This guy, oh, he drove, man. I mean, you know, there's a certain kind of panache that a, uh, a 16-year-old kid has. They're usually bad drivers in a lot of ways. But, man, they drive with, you know, uh, arm hanging out the window, you know, and yelling at the chicks, you know, and shifting the. In fact, it had, it, you know, it was, a, it was an old battered Chevy, GMC, an old Chevy panel truck, see? And this guy used to show off, you know. He'd like, he'd shift gears by kicking a gear, you know, with his foot, you know, <laughs> kicking it in. Watch this, you know. Nah, he, I'll watch, I'll shift the gears without even putting the clutch in, you know. Nah, 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 nah. And we're roaring around. Well, one Saturday... After about three or four Saturdays, you know, I'm sitting there next to this guy. One Saturday, he says, uh, hey, he says, uh, he says, you want to drive the truck? You know, you want me to show you how to drive the truck? I said, hey, hey, wow, you know, wow, because this was very, very illicit. I mean, you know, 12-year-old kid driving a truck. And he says, i will show you how to drive. Well, I knew how to steer the car, and I knew how to shift, you know, because from the time you're four in Indiana, you learn how to make the H shift, you know, <laughs> the, the classical H shift. And so I knew all these things, see, and, and uh, I'd messed around with the old man's olds in the backyard. Oh, yeah, you know, all that stuff. The actual first time that I ever honestly drove a car where I was in charge, sitting at the wheel, pressing down on the accelerator and moving along a legitimate street, yeah, yeah, let's put it this way, I had driven a car in action, driven a car in anger, was on that historic, Saturday afternoon, when this kid Leonard let me drive the GMC panel truck, and we made two deliveries. And after that, of course, you know he's the chief. He took over. All right, I'm taking over. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I would have gladly have given my entire salary to have been allowed to drive it another fifteen minutes, even five minutes. My entire salary which came to fully 75 cents for the afternoon, <laughs> you know. And so the next Saturday, you know, I can hardly wait a going around here. And uh, I walk in, and there's, you know, there's old Leonard, this smart type, you know. Uh, you know, he really had it. He's on top of it, you know. He had a leather jacket, you know, the whole Betsy. And uh, he's got the truck out there, so we drive out. So, and I'm waiting for him to ask me to drive. No. No. The whole Saturday. He doesn't say anything. Any year, then, you know, can I drive, Leonard? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, about two Saturdays go along like that, see? And on the third or fourth Saturday, we're halfway through the thing. And when Leonard sees this chick. See? He's, he always, he's always hollering the know, huh? uh, There's something about riding. Have you noticed this, George? Before we go any further, friends, this is WOR New York. Have you ever w- noticed w- the yeah, basic thing that happens to guys when they're in the cab of a truck? It's a fantastic aphrodisiac. There is something about sitting in the cab of a truck that makes you look hungrily at every female for miles around. I don't know why this is. How many? It's the same thing that makes every construction worker holler when he's four stories up hanging on a beam and he sees a girl walk by, you know? I don't know what there is. You don't see, uh, you know, postmen doing that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's something about working a truck. Well, Leonard, of course, uh, was, uh, you know, fully into that bag. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, he's, you know, he's a big kid, you know. And he keeps hollering, hey, man, pay me well, well. And he blows the horn, you know, whistling. We're riding around town, driving in and out of the alleys, delivering his stuff. And this Saturday, he picked a chick up. And she's sitting in the truck. Well, we're going along, and I'm sitting in the outside. She's in the middle, you know, and he's driving his thing, you know, he's playing real big. And we go about ten minutes when Leonard says, Hey, kid, uh, you want to drive the truck? I said, Yeah, I sure do. So I get out run around. The chick slides over. He slides over. I get into the driver's seat, and I drove the truck all that afternoon and incidentally made all the deliveries while Leonard used the back of the truck. la da of dee ting la da dee dee ting. la da da Friends, I do not... Make the news, I only report it. I'd like to tell you otherwise, but that's the way life is. Hit the button. I might say that ever since that time, when I've ever been around a box of groceries smelling heavily of uh, celery, I find this also an extreme aphrodisiac. Just, you know, it's a connection with Leonard, you know. Leonard just... And then, uh, of course, then we set a pattern. I'm going to have to honestly level with you that I learned to drive in Ossenschlager's panel truck, because from that Saturday on... See, and I negotiated okay. See, we went through the whole scene there. I, I made about 19 deliveries and drove the truck. I was having a fantastic ball, you know, driving a truck. And because... Can you, rem, can you remember the day when just driving a car was an exquisite thrill? Just an... Yeah, an exquisite thrill. Well, some people... You know, lose that, and they—you know—driving a car is just uh, like walking around or something. See, but uh, I still dig driving. I love to drive. Well, <laughs> driving that truck was such a such an exquisite thrill that, uh, that that the whole thing, you know, has a kind of a warm, soft glow about it. Just driving that truck, and 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 from that Saturday on, see, since Leonard got the idea, see, that uh, you know I could do it. And also make the delivery. See, he didn't do anything from that time on. He, he just, uh, you know, he had the scene going. He was getting the money, and I was doing the work. But to me, that wasn't work. It was, you know, fantastic kicks driving a truck. And, you know, I'd carry a box of them. I'd put it in there, and there's always a lady in there. She says, uh, now, wait a minute. Don't go before I check and see whether or not they sent the toilet paper. You know, they're looking through there. That's uh, fine. Oh, okay. All right, son. uh very good. Uh, fine. Thank you. Uh, tell Mr. Asher that I'll be in for the sliced ham next Monday, all right? I said, Yes, uh, thank you very much. And I go run it down into the truck and. Rah, rah, rah. Oh, I'd love to gun that baby. Oh, uh, you know. I, 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 I have it neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Sends out a big cloud of blue smoke. And Leonard. Now, wait a minute. Now, why did Leonard do this? Well, it's pretty obvious. It ain't, uh, it ain't every. You know, day that a 16 year old kid gets a great, fantastic, movable, foolproof place to score. Uh, and uh, this is what this guy did, see? And I, I uh, you know, as far as I was concerned, you know, that, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's yeah, you know, I was only paying my dues, you know? So he said, uh, after the first uh, couple hours, he says, now look, he says, don't tell Louie. Louie was Oschenschlager's uh, son. And, uh, he, yeah, he was about 58, you know, top character, see. And Oshenschlager was about 94. And he said, you don't tell Louie, right? no, oh, of course not. him well, what? He said, that's right. You keep it that way. Don't tell Louie. Everything's going to be fine. And so we pull in. 5 o'clock. And he pays, you know, he pays Leonard off. He pays me by 75 cents. You know, all week I'm thinking about driving a truck. And I'd see it once in a while on the street during the week. See, when I wasn't working, you know, there'd be some other guy driving a truck. And, wow, Patsy, I'd say, there goes my truck. (laughs) There's the old truck. She's still out there earning dough for and Schlager's work great truck. Love the truck. And then 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be there, you know, about 11 o'clock in the morning already hanging around, see, waiting for them to load the truck. And then they would load the truck up, see, and I'd get... In the side I always started out like, right. See, I would be over on the right hand side of the seat and let her get in the left hand side. We'd drive off, he'd make the first two deliveries, and he'd pick this he'd pick this chick up, the same one. He'd pick her up every Saturday from that day on. And for two and a half, three hours I'd wheel that truck around laughing and yelling. And I, he wouldn't be. he say, I have to explain something to you. This truck was a pretty big truck, you know, one of these big panel babies. And it held a lot of groceries and had a lot of space in it. And I guess the reason he made the first two or three deliveries is so he could clear a space for his action. You know? <laughs> uh, yes. And I wouldn't see him from that minute on because, I, you know, I, the, the the last deliveries, by the way, were the stuff that was piled up right by the driver's seat. I'll explain that to you that the last deliveries of the day were always the ones that were deepest into the truck. The first deliveries, of course, were back by the door, at these two doors to open, see? So we would be working gradually backwards. Well, all the while, I couldn't see back there. This stuff is piled all up, you know, and they got these bags of stuff in there. I never saw Leonard. All I knew is that uh, he you know, every time we'd stop someplace, I'd go back and open the door, and uh, he'd sort of brush himself off, and this, uh, this chick, you know, would sort of straighten herself up, and uh, he'd say, well, who, who are we at now? I'd say, well, we're, we're, uh, let's see, with uh, Mrs. Howard. he said, all right, here it is right here. It's this big bag here. Take it there. They'd push it out, and then they'd close the door. And then, uh, you know, this uh, it just was uh, just the way life went. And ever since that time, I, I must say, I uh, uh, trucks uh, turned me on in a curious way, you know? And while we're all the subject of things that turn you on, I would like to lay some Wolf's Kasha on you, friend. <laughs> Wolf's kosher. Tomorrow morning, you sit down to a nice hot dish of wolf's kosher. Boy, that'll throw you into a tizzy. <laughs> Isn't that a great phrase? You know where I heard that word? Throw you into a tizzy? Uh, I heard somebody use that the other day, and I you know, you ever hear that phrase? Well, you know, it's about, that has to go back to roughly the pre revolutionary days about the meat here at WOR New York, 10018. And it's another, you must be over 21, because some of these are awful heady recipes. But nevertheless, uh, I, I, you know, trucks, and I read this story to this kid with a bus, you know, and I said, my God, that kid touched, he touched a, you know, a very secret, very secret spot way down deep. And you know, that's the thing, that's the, you know, people who are watching all in the family today, these days, I mean, it's a a fun show. You've seen it, Joy. It's funny in its own way, you know. But I don't think it comes three light years near to the very early black and white Jackie Grayson Honeymooners. Do you remember when he was a a bus driver? That's right. Now that, and, and the apartment he lived in, you recall the apartment on a honeymoon? That was right, man. Oh, listen, that looked like, <laughs> that looked like, and, and, and his friend, what was his friend's name? Huh? Well, yeah, but that was the, that was the actor. What what was his character's, what, what, what was the name of the character? That's right, exactly. Now, what was Jackie Gleason's name? That's right, that's right. Ralph Crampton and Norton was his buddy. Now, what was the name of his wife? Not the actress, but the name of his wife. That's correct, Alice. And what was Crampton, what was Norton's wife's name? Come on. Boy, was she something, too. She was great, the original one. Fantastic. You don't remember? Well, if you ever get a chance, for those of you who have seen, uh, uh, this is just a, you know, just a a value judgment, and I'm going to do one. If you ever get a chance to see any reruns of the old black-and-white Honeymoon, as they called it, uh, don't hesitate. (laughs) I mean, because you'll find that you'll be laughing out loud just watching these things, and they must have been filmed 150 years ago. As a matter of fact, uh, Jackie Gleason... Looks absolutely svelte, uh, but they they are great. And, and as a matter of fact, I have what made me think of this. I saw one here a couple of weeks ago on one of the channels. I don't know what even what channel it was. Unfortunately, I would I would give them a plug if I did, but I would just there it was. See, and I looked at this thing and I and I realized how incisive this was about you know the ordinary walking around life. Like there was this one sequence, and I thought this was so great. Because, you know, the one thing that, that I think they miss with Archie Bunker is they never discuss his work much or anything. Whereas, actually, in the true Archie Bunker world, work is discussed a great deal. That's right. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of yelling about work. And so, so here was this one great sequence, and it showed the door opens. You see this crummy pad, you know, <laughs> and the door opens. <laughs> And slam it open, bam! The door opens real mad. See, and he comes walking across the stage, absolutely you know, walking real. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely, no smile, nothing on his face. He walks across the stage, and on uh, right across the apartment, and you see this, this the windows open. You see the fire escape out there the whole bit. See, he walks across the apartment, and he, he opens the ice box. They had this rotten looking ice box. He, he opens it up. And and he reaches in, you hear yeah, he's a lot of rattling, he's reaching in and he finally he grabs a bottle of beer. So he comes out, he slams the door, sits down, and he just goes boom, bam, you know, with a beer. He just boom, slams it down. And with that he just he's looking around for a for an opener. So he's looking in the drawer, finally he gets the opener, he opens the bottle of beer and he's drinking a beer. Looking mad, oh boy. He's just sitting there drinking beer. Well, at that point, you hear Alice's voice says, she says, Ralph, is that you? Nothing. He just sits there. He's so, you know, she says, "Well, is that you? He takes another big slug of beer. She says, Ralph, is that you out there in the kitchen? Puts the beer down. He says, now, who were you expecting? you think it is? Yes, it's me. What do you want? And she comes to the door, and she's wiping her hands. She was always wiping her hands with a cloth. Obviously, she'd been cleaning, wiping her hands. She says, well, what's eating you? Nothing. Then there's a pregnant part. She says, well, if I wait long enough, you'll tell me. He said, what do you mean by that? Are you trying to say that I come around here complaining complain all the time? No, I'm not saying that, Ralph. Not a, No, not at all. You never complain, Ralph. You never complain around here. In fact, you're always a ray of sunshine here. In fact, I can hardly wait sometimes for you to get home. All right. That's the way it's going to be. How about it if I go out and have dinner myself somewhere else and not even show up here till tonight when I feel like coming in? And she walks out. See, that bugged him. She didn't say anything. She just walks out into the next room. See? She just leaves. He figured she was going to say, Stop, I love you, please. He's drinking a beer. I'm not kidding, I'm going to go out I'm not kidding, I'm going to go down to Al's Diner And have dinner to hell with this place Long pregnant pause And finally she comes to the door again He's drinking a beer Now this is a great sequence You'll never see anything like this on Archie Bunker And this is part of a very realistic battle She comes to the door and she says Look, she says If you're going to go down to the diner and have supper Do it without yelling You're going to wake up everybody for four floors around. I don't care whether you go to the diner or not, but stop yelling. And she disappears again. Now he's really bucked. She had literally told him, go ahead. To hell with you. Go out to Al's diner and have supper. I don't care. He's got the bottle of beer and he drains it. You know how Gleason, I mean, he's like Falstaff, see? He just he slurps it down, puts the bottle down, jumps up, runs over to the icebox. He rustles in there, and then he turns around. He says, you forgot to get beer! There's only one beer in here! That's no answer. And this whole scene has been going on. So you can just see something's really bugging him. Something's really bugging him, and she has not even asked him funny he sits down now and he's got this bottle of of something he's drinking this bottle and it's it's an old flat bottle of of, and this was so true he's got a bottle of opened orange soda that somebody left in the icebox like six months ago and now it's flat he's drinking flat orange soda he's just drinking Ah, he makes a face puts it down and finally he says all right if you want to know what's bugging me, I'll tell you what's bugging me! I'll tell you what's bugging me! He says, well, look, well, I don't care what's bugging you. All I know is that I want a little peace and quiet around here. Now, why don't you go down to the diner and tell everybody at the diner what's bugging you. But just give me a little peace and quiet. I've had a hard day And I don't care what's bugging you. I'll go down to the diner and tell everybody down there what's bugging you. I'm sure they want to know. They will be delighted to know. Pregnant sound of silence. With that, he gets up and walks across the floor. And you think he's going to go out. You think he's going to leave, see He walks up to the door, opens it up, bam! Then he slams it. He figured she's going to come running out, see? He's gone, he's gone. Nothing, she doesn't come out out of the bathroom or wherever the hell she is. Okay. He takes the door open, he hollers up the stairs, Hey, Norton! Hey, Norton! Hey, Norton, you up there? No answer comes down. Hey, Norton! Come on down, Norton. You up there? How about let's go out to the diner? No answer. There's nobody there. Norton is gone. Norton's wife is gone. Alice doesn't give a damn what's bugging him. And he's sitting there at the table now, and I'm wondering, what's what's bugging him? What's bugging this guy? He's really looking mad. And it's serious. He's got this this flat bottle of orange drink. And he's drinking it. And he looks like Hamlet. And finally, Alice comes out from the back, and she's washing her hands with a rag, you know, she's got her apron on. She always had her hair up in curlers, you ever to seen? She's now look, around. If you're going to stay here, at least tell me what the problem is. If you're not, Go. I just don't want to hear any more yelling. All right. All right. I'll tell you what the trouble is, Alice. You know what the trouble is? How many times have I told you about Sweeney? What about Sweeney? Isn't he, doesn't he work at the bus, at the bus company? He does. What did I tell you? Two months ago, I came right in his kitchen. And I told you, did I tell you what Sweeney promised to me? You remember what Sweeney promised? She said, no, I don't I don't remember. That made a man. You don't remember. Well, I'll tell you what it was. Two months ago, Sweeney told me that when they get the new buses in, I would get the first new bus. came in this afternoon I'm not even on the list I've been driving the same bus for 17 years it's got a bad transmission the handle on the door is coming off who do you think got the new bus well I'll tell you who got the new bus Clifford that damn Clifford he ain't been there. He's been there five years. What's and I been there? Walking around, taking him out bowling. He got the bus. We're not going to get another bus for two years. And she comes out of the back, out of the john. She says, "Well, you mean you didn't get the bus? I didn't get the bus. I'm driving the same bus. She says, I'm really sorry, well." He kind of softened. Yeah, well, I still got you, Alice. That's right, Well, Let's go down to the diner and have dinner together. I'll take you out tonight. What the hell? You only live once. Let's go out tonight. You just live once. You just live once. Let's go out and have... Let's go out and play it up big tonight, Alice. At which point, you hear you hear from upstairs, you hear this voice howling, Hey Ralph! Hey, Ralph! Hey, Ralph, it's Norton! And he sticks his head out the door and he says, Hey Norton, come on! Me and Alice is going down to the diner tonight! What the hell Yummy Liv wants? We're gonna eat out tonight. We're gonna meet him over the diner! we're going to, you know, bring their own beer. We're going to go out and have a good time. And then Norton comes downstairs with his funny hat on. You know Norton? And Norton walks in. He says, how are you, Ralph? (laughs) How are you, Ralph? Hey, you're sounding in a good mood tonight, Ralph. And then his face changes. I'm in a terrible mood. Just don't come on and tell me I'm in a good mood, Norton. Norton, it happened again. I'm going to leave that bus company. I'm going to quit that bus company, Norton. You know what they did to me, Norton? They gave the new bus. 17 years I've been driving the same bus. And Clifford promised me I would get a new bus. When the first ones come in, I'd get it, right? They gave it to that damn Clifford. I'm going to leave that bus company. And Norton says, listen. He says, you think you got troubles? He says, I want to tell you, he says, for 30 years now, I've been working in the 6th Avenue sewers. They've been promising me that one day they would give me Park Avenue. Well, they reassigned everybody last month, and they put me on 3rd Avenue. And who got Park Avenue? I'll tell you who. McGonagall's gang. Guy ain't been here five years less than I've been here, and he got Park Avenue already. that, the four of them went out to the diner to have dinner. And I said to myself, my God, is that true. And that's where Archie Bunker fails. It's a very funny show, but Archie never talks about his work at home. And the true Archie Bunker brings it home, man. I want to tell you, he brings it home in bushel baskets. He brings it home in Gunny Sacks. I can remember my old man now, I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a true story. Great trauma in our, in our family. My old man, he worked for this, this office like as long as I could remember. And one night he comes home, slams the door open, walks in right through the kitchen, into the job, slams the door. And I knew it was trouble. As usual, he came to get through the table, paper on the table. How are you, kids? Nothing. He boom right through. My mother says, shh, now don't bother your father. He's had a bad day at the office. And we didn't know how bad it was. He comes out of the john, sits down, opens his paper, says nothing. reading the paper. My mother's over at the sink there. Hanging over the sink, you know, with the billow pads. She serves the mashed potatoes. The old man say nothing. Finally, he leaves the paper down. You know that feeding of he's going to make an announcement? Where's the paper down. Well, you might as well get ready. She says, what happened? Gallagher got it. She says, he did? He did. Gallagher got it. That's voting. A little kid, I'm about seven. See, I don't know what you know what it's about. You know, Gallagher got what? You know, who's Gallagher? Gallagher got it. Says, Gallagher got it. Got it. My mother says, "Oh, I'm sorry." He says, "Gallagher got it. That's all you can say about it. And I don't want to hear any more about it." And he says, "And another thing, that's the last company picnic we're ever going to. I'm not going to the company picnic, and I'm not going to the Christmas party. And for and another thing, if they think I'm going to paint the signs." For the Christmas party, they're out of their mind. Gallagher got it. That was never mentioned again. Years go by. And one night, my my old man is dead and gone years. I'm out of the army. I'm talking to my mother on the phone, and it just hit me. That strange scene, Gallagher got it. And I brought it up, and I said, hey, Ma... When I was a kid, was there anybody involved in a family named Gallagher? She said, Gallagher, do you remember that? I said, what was it that he got? I remember my... Remember the old man... You remember the old man saying Gallagher got it? What was it he got? She said, oh, that was terrible. I said, well, what did he get? Well, you remember your father worked in the accounting department at the office there? Yes, he did. I remember that. Well, for six years, he thought he was going to be named chief clerk. And Gallagher got it. At that point I knew something about my old man I never knew I could see why he enjoyed bowling even more than anything after that he took up uh, driving around on Sunday yelling out of the car at guys I guess in every guy's life somewhere back deep buried amid all those rusted nails broken bottles of memories there is A Gallagher who got it.